0: by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the MELCOR REIT 3rd Quarter 2021 Results Conference Call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then 1 on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Darren Rayburn, President and CEO. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you, Ariel, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to our conference call and webcast for the third quarter of 2021. With me on today's calls, name is Defura, Chief Financial Officer of the melcor ReIT. Today, I am again reporting on positive results that have been produced despite another three months spent navigating business restrictions brought on by COVID-19. In the quarter, Many businesses in Alberta chose to implement the Restrictions Exemption Program. My admiration goes out to all businesses that have continually had to change, pivot, and adapt to new rules. We are supportive of all measures taken to increase vaccination rates and get businesses operating at full capacity without the burden of restrictions. Our results for the third quarter of 2020-2021 remain stable, trending towards positive, though we remain uncertain of long-term impacts that the restrictions and the end of the government support programs will have on our tenants to speak to our performance and guide you through our financial highlights for the quarter and year-to-date, I now turn the call over to Naomi.
2: Thank you, Darren. If you have not reviewed the materials related to this call, including the management's discussion and analysis and the financial statements, they are available on the Investor Relations section of our website at belcorreit.ca and on cedar.com. Our goal is to keep our remarks to a brief high-level review of the quarter and then open up the call for your questions. I have a few mandatory statements to make, then I'll walk you through a few of the financial highlights. First, certain statements made during this call may be forward-looking. For a complete discussion of items that may cause actual results to differ, please refer to the business environment and risk, risk section of our annual MD&A. Second, we report our financial results in Canadian dollars and in accordance with IFRS. We supplement our financial reporting with non-standard measures, including FFO, AFFO, ACFO, and NOI. We believe these measures are important in evaluating our performance, but caution listeners that they may not be comparable to similar measures presented by other companies. These non-standard measures are defined and reconciled in our MD&A. I will now walk everyone through some of the financial highlights of our results for the quarter ended September 30, 2021. Last year, our business saw certain anomalies that make direct comparison of the quarters less meaningful than usual. The details can be found in the highlights section of the MD&A. Our portfolio performance improved in the third quarter. Revenue was steady, while net operating income saw an increase of 5% compared to the first nine months of 2020. Both revenue and NOI were affected by early termination fees of $1 million collected from a restaurant chain in Leduc earlier in the year. FFO was up 9% and ACFO was up 19% compared to 2020. Distributions majoring the quarter represent a payout ratio of approximately 67% of ACFO in the quarter and 61% year-to-date, compared to 75% and 78% in the comparable periods last year. The fluctuation in payout ratio is impacted by the lower distribution paid year-to-date in 2021. Subsequent to quarter end, we announced a distribution of $0.04 per unit for October, November, and December of 2021, unchanged from prior months. The REIT's portfolio valuation remained stable in 2021 following a full revaluation of our portfolio by our external valuation professionals in the second quarter of 2020. In the current quarter, we recorded a fair value increase in some properties as a result of changes in cap rates. The REIT has collected 99% of third quarter rent and 99% of rent year-to-date. As of September 30th, we had $5.65 million in cash and $35 million in additional capacity under our revolving credit facility. We completed 60 mortgages for proceeds of 63.99 million year to date for net proceeds of 15.9 million at a weighted average rate of 2.77 percent i will now turn the call back over to darren who will speak to our portfolio's operations and performance
1: thank you naomi the efforts of our operations and administrative teams are evident in our results thanks to our property management leasing operations teams as well as our finance marketing human resources, and IT teams for continuing to move us forward through these challenging times. With increased vaccination rates and the rollout of the restrictions exemption program, the workforce continues to make its way back to the office, albeit slowly. Dining and entertainment services continue and the hockey season is in full swing and at full capacity. A sense of normalcy is returning to a world that is still far from the normal we once knew. It's encouraging to see the resiliency of people and of businesses. We continue to trust that the recovery is stronger than the setback that COVID-19 caused. While the REIT's performance has remained stable over this period, we cannot accurately predict the long-term effects of the pandemic once government assistance program ends. They have been extended past this previous end date of September, but are now only available to hard-hit employers. Despite this uncertainty, we are pleased to report 3rd quarter rent collections of 99% across office retail, residential, and industrial asset class. With many of the vaccinated returning to work, leasing activity was strong in the third quarter. To date, we've signed over 293,000 square feet of new and renewed lease, including holdovers, and retained 80% of expiring leases. Future leasing is promising. Commitments on an additional 57,000 square feet of future renewals and 25,000 square feet in new deals. Activity and opportunity continues across our portfolio. Occupancy is slightly up at 88.8%. On July 1st, we launched our new Melcare app in efforts to modernize and strengthen our relationship with our tenant clients. The app allows tenants to submit service requests from their mobile device, a simple and effective way to provide customer care in the technology age. Continually enhancing the customer experience is one of the key components of our strategy to help us retain tenants for the long term. Last quarter, we announced our participation in the Edmonton Corporate Climate Leaders Program and set a target date of December 2021 to develop our own greenhouse grass inventory we are on track to meet that deadline through our work with green economy canada and the edmonton corporate climber leader program we are demonstrating that a more sustainable economy is possible we remain active in our commitment to sustainability and have committed to measuring our greenhouse gas emission footprint develop an action plan and set reduction targets for 2025 and 2035 we will continue to provide update on our progress we continue to focus on the fundamentals of real estate to work with our clients and all stakeholders and recover and grow our business. With a diversified portfolio, a proven management team, and a history of adapting through challenging times, we remain well positioned to manage through this period of uncertainty. As Naomi mentioned, we have cash available and availability of undrawn liquidity on our operating line. Amidst the beginning of this pandemic, reducing the reach distribution was a necessary cash saving measure. In 2021, we were pleased to be able to increase the distribution 33% year-to-date to to the present $0.04 per unit. Maintaining this distribution at the end of the year is another positive step forward. Finally, I would like to speak to my retirement that I announced in August. This is my 30th and last earnings release investor call. Wow, how eight years flies by. I'm so incredibly humble and proud of our entire MELCOR team for their commitment, their perseverance, and their resilience in spite of recessions, pandemics, global health crisis economic meltdowns, political upheaval at the federal provincial municipal levels, and on and on. Our success as a group is a result of so many facets of our business all coming together in one common goal. After all of that, here we are still focusing on the initial reasons we created this REIT in the first place, to provide stable and sustainable return to our unit holders. Thank you to the equity research analysis and the capital markets groups whom I've grown to know well and who've taken the time to learn about our business and who helped us tell our Melcro REIT story. To our REIT trustees, thank you for your guidance and mentorship over the past eight years. To Naomi Stafira, our CFO, who was not only a big part of creating and growing the REIT, but has been instrumental in our ongoing success and will continue to be into the future. Thank you for all you do. While I'm saddened this week, my last earnings call, I'm also excited about my next stage in business and in life.
3: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash Wondersuite.
1: Thanks to all of you on the call today for your interest in our Melco read. I know the team will continue to focus on returns for our unit holders. And I commit to keeping a distant but a very attentive eye on the results. Because after all, I am a unit holder, and my retirement depends on continued continue success of the Mel It's been a great journey and an absolute pleasure. At this time, we'd like to open the phone lines to take your questions. Ariel, can you please open the lines?
0: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star, then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star, then 2. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. Our first question comes from Matt Logan of RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
4: Thank you, and good morning. Hey, Matt. morning, Darren. Uh, In terms of your results, they certainly do seem to be stable and trending toward positive. When we look out to 2022 and the lease maturity profile, are there any large tenants that could give back space and, you know, maybe some early thoughts on where the leasing environment stands today and, and the outlook for the next uh, you know, few quarters?
1: Sure. Thanks for the question, Matt. You know, I guess I'll say whether it's pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, or in-pandemic, there's always a risk that tenants can give back space at any time. Having said that, we have over 450,000 square feet of expiring leases in 2022. And the activity that I mentioned we've seen in 2021 is rolling over. So we've already completed about 107,000 square feet of renewals that um, commence in 2022. So to, this, to date, we don't have any you know large tenants that are e- expiring and that we know that are leaving. Um, I'm encouraged that the activity, you know I'd say a year ago, talking about renewals, most clients pushed us off because they didn't know where the world was and now we're active into 2022 renewals and you know there's even some talk about some 2023 renewals happening early so generally speaking I'm encouraged by the leasing activity I you always, know I always feel like the dog that gets kicked when it's not looking like if there's a fifth wave I don't know maybe all bets are off but right now it feels pretty good
4: good to hear and when I read your press release there's some commentary on the market being slightly soft would that be more or less consistent with prior quarters? Has there been any sort of a slowdown? How should we read those comments?
1: So two things, consistent with other quarters and also consistent with our culture at Melcor of being cautiously optimistic, of being conservative. You know, I think during this time for us to say things are great would be foolish because things aren't great, but they're better than we thought. So, you know, I've I, I mentioned this on other calls, Matt. You know, you, we have different markets and different afric- asset classes. There's been no significant change in any one market or any one asset class to the worse. If anything, I'd suggest the Edmonton office market has picked up to the better. We see a lot more activity in Edmonton you know, in the last quarter than we have previously.
4: Good, good. And um, when we think about your mortgage maturity profile over the next, uh, say, two years, Maybe this is a better question for Naomi, but could you give us a sense for the rates on the maturing debt and maybe where you're seeing indicative rates uh, today?
2: Um, good question. I don't have that in front of me, unfortunately. I I would assume that the indicative rates today are still lower than what we have maturing. Like, all, all year thus far, things have been sort of maturing and refinanced at lower rates. Um, the, the mortgages that we sort of have up a renewal, though, coming up, um, are probably more likely going to be like renewal not new proceeds or new lender style mortgages It's just it just so works out that the majority of the the rollovers coming up um, are sort of on buildings that um, I don't want to say are challenged, but don't don't have um, the best sort of prospects for new lending necessarily So I think like the the net proceeds and the big refinancings are probably going to be um, light in the in the coming years
4: But I guess in terms of any rate roll-downs, would that be, you know, maybe 25 to 50 basis points on maturing debt, do you think?
2: Yeah, I'd go on the lower end of what you said, like more like 25.
4: Okay, excellent. Um, Last question for me, just we talked about this in prior quarters, your capital recycling, uh, any assets that could be sold or opportunities that you see in your markets?
1: Hey, Matt, you know this answer. We've known each other a long time. Everything's for sale at all times for the right price, but we're not actively listing any of our assets for sale, and we're always actively looking. It's been a pretty quiet opportunity market at rates that are accretive for us to purchase, but we're seeing with the talk of interest rates going up, we're seeing vendors whose expectations on sale prices are starting to be a bit muted. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Melkorit with acquisitions and or vendors in 2022. I think it's an important part of our growth strategy here, and that hasn't changed. You know, COVID muted it for a bit, but it's not gone away.
4: Excellent, Darren. Naomi, appreciate the commentary. I'll turn the call back, thank you.
1: Thanks for the questions, Matt.
4: Our next question comes from Nicholas
0: Talega of BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
5: Hi, good morning. Um, right, I was just watching, hi. I was just wondering about how uh the the shift in, in the lockdown uh, from uh, for Alberta uh, affected the portfolio, especially going from uh, being fully open to a lockdown in early september
1: you know it's interesting our, our collections are still at ninety nine percent and so the lockdown was in Alberta fashion kind of a muted lockdown you know restaurants were still open uh, there was a couple of weeks where it was uncertain and they did a lot of takeout and patios and it's really the restaurant and hospitality industry that we're most concerned about when it comes down to lockdowns um, we also had the fortune and in Alberta you don't quite often talk about the fortune of good weather but we had a fantastic summer and because the option for dining on patios existed many of our restaurant clients still maintain their business levels so You know, Nicholas, I'd be foolish to say that there weren't impacts from that and as I said in my speech, you know, we're still going to see what those impacts will look like. But the lockdown for September of 2021 seemed to have a much less impact than the original two lockdowns. And I hope I answered your question okay there, Nicholas.
5: Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the colour. I was also just wondering about the office outlook moving forward. It seems like um, there's a lot of challenges with office these days and um, especially with, again, with lockdowns and, and things of that sort, how, how do you see the office uh, portfolio playing out for you guys?
1: Sure, you know, I'm going to focus on the Edmonton office market because we have the largest office exposure there. And, you know, people pay a lot of attention to Edmonton because the ice district was built and our vacancy went off. And I can tell you this most recent quarter was the first quarter since 2019 where we saw positive absorption in the office market. So when I mentioned about the Melco Reach strong leasing activity, I think you can see that across the office market. Now, don't misunderstand, Nicholas. We're not blowing the doors off. <laughs> like this is just maintaining, and, and I think in our MDNA you'll see that. I think even our, our our office occupancy in Edmonton is is going up, albeit little by little. But that feels like a win. We still really don't know, right? I, you know, we're we're in my office right now in downtown up Jasper Avenue, looking out the window, and you know, there's still a lot of lights off in office buildings. So. That makes me nervous, but what's encouraging is we're doing renewals with tenants who aren't even in their offices, so that's encouraging to see. Um, cautious optimism on the outlook for the office market, Nicholas.
5: And, and um, just kind of building on that, with the seven unscheduled tenant terminations, could you just speak to that a little bit as well?
1: You know what, I think that that's just your sort of general, um, some tenants come, some tenants go. You know, of the tenants that we saw that we had the terminations, you know, we didn't have any real bankruptcies that surprised us. Uh, and when I look forward here, I'm looking at just my my outlook in front of me. You know, we, we list all of our tenants we know who may be coming or going. And quite frankly, Nicholas, I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought there might be more. I feel like seven's a win. Um, so, again, hopefully that that answers your question. That, that's not anything that we're happy about, but we're also not lamenting about it too because there's sort of the general ups and downs and as long as we can continue to do renewals and do new leasing we're backfilling a lot of that vacant space
5: okay great and um, I guess the last one for me is is there any update on uh, your successor or or any timeline around that
1: uh, thanks for the question Nicholas that's more of a MELCOR developments question than a MELCOR REIT because uh, you know MELCOR developments provides all the services to the MELCOR REIT I can tell you there are some active conversations I can tell you that uh, Melcor Developments has a board meeting on November 9th, and so while well, I can't tell you what will be decided at that board meeting, because frankly I don't know, um, stay tuned.
5: All right, sounds good. Uh, thank you very much, and I'll turn it back.
1: Thanks for the questions, Nicholas.
0: Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one. Our next question comes from Kyle Stanley of Desjardins Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks. Morning, guys.
1: Hi, Kyle.
6: Um, Would you be able to just talk a little bit about your CapEx program uh, and maybe where the spending has been focused year to date?
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, the CapEx program was a little muted during COVID for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, because we wanted to make sure we had cash in the bank and the rest of it. When we look at our CapEx program for, you know, 2021 and going forward in 2022, you know, it's your standard bread and butter eleva- elevators at, at Melcor Centre in Lethbridge because they're 20 years old you know, HVAC, chillers, some roofs, some parking lots. There's no one single massive project at this time that's planned. It's just accumulation of having buildings with average ages that are, you know, some of the buildings are, you know, more than 12, 13 years old, and it's just your general cycle. So we just had this conversation internally here with our board of trustees as well. And so the CapEx program that we see going forward for Melchorite would fall under the category of sort of the standard CapEx that you see sort of pre-COVID
6: okay that makes sense I think uh, in your disclosures you, you mentioned you know between 2.3 and 2.5 million expected capex budget for uh, for 2021 would you think that that would be a you know a safe number to assume for 22 as well
1: you know I, I see that I see that growing not significantly in material but again back to the 2020 2021 we're really muted um, based on you know some projects that we could delay, so I do see an increase there there for 2022, but not material by any means.
6: Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then just you know, a big chunk of your new leasing activity completed year-to-date commenced during the quarter. Would you say that was you know uh, maybe one of the drivers to the tick up in uh, in TIs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a timing thing. You know, what's interesting is I, I mentioned a bit earlier. I think when Nicholas asked his question. Um, There was a delay in doing renewals because people just didn't know. And it was hard to get someone in 6,000 feet to renew when their offices were empty. And so there were even some holdovers. And it all seemed to sort of come together in the third quarter. And that sort of falls back to the optimism that Western Canada is seeing. And so it was just a quantum. You know, we'd hope to see that that sort of flattens out going forward and stays consistent with what we've seen in the past.
6: Okay, fair enough. And I guess just along the lines of the the new leasing, um, can you just talk a little bit about the 39,000-square-foot uh, seasonal tenant?
1: Sure, Spirit of Halloween. <laughs> we bought, uh, I don't mean, know if you guys have seen that. That's not all of them, but we did three deals uh, with the Spirit of Halloween, and I'm not sure if it's a, a global or a national, but I can tell you it's an Alberta thing. Everyone wants to spend 90 bucks on a Halloween costume, and there are a whole bunch of pop-up stores that, for us, it's great, you know, it, it, it leases some space short-term, it gets some great revenue, it doesn't tie up the space long-term, it gets some activity into areas that were vacant before, and I mean, our goal would always to be not have any space to lease short-term, and you know, you hope it's a great way to market your space, but that's, that's you know, that's not all the 39,000 square feet, Kyle, but off the top of my head, that's the majority of it.
6: Okay, no problem, I definitely know Spirit Halloween. Uh, and then just the
1: last one for me. Uh, any update
6: on the leasing front at the uh, Leduc Common, or you know any updates uh, with RBC Plaza? I know things kind of got put on the back burner there uh, just with COVID.
1: Yeah, so so I'll, I'll, Leduc Common it continues to move forward. and I don't have the number in front of me, but I know we did our PetSmart deal and we filled some space there too. So we we still have the vacancy where Swiss Chalet left, which is 6,700 square feet. Um, that's the one that the MDA refers to. The MDA refers to the the payout that we got. Um, I can tell you there's a ton of pressure on our leasing people to fill that space because that's how the REIT makes money, get a payout up front and then lease it quickly. So the RBC building uh, is back on our radar for potential redevelopment. Uh, No promises at this point, but um, we have some opportunities there. We have some interest. And so I know I get criticized for using the term stay tuned because it seems so noncommittal. Ask that question next quarter, Kyle, if I get a more specific answer than my fumbling through and not telling you something that's not finalized yet.
6: All right. No, that, that sounds good. Thanks very much, and I'll turn it back.
1: Thanks for the question, Kyle. This concludes
0: the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. Rayburn for any closing remarks.
1: Uh, thanks again for the questions today, too. You know, it's, it's always one of the most unnerving, but one of the parts that I think I'll miss the most, I love the question period, because I think it lets analysts and capital markets people and investors figure out if people actually know their business, and I've always been proud that we, uh, we do know our business. So in closing, um, again, I wanted to express my gratitude you know, to the MELCRE Board of Trustees, to my colleagues, to our unit holders, to everyone on this call, to our stakeholders for all your support over the years. Uh, It's been an interesting ride. The ride will continue. Um, Everyone, I just want to pass on, stay healthy, stay safe. I wish you all success in your ongoing endeavors. Endeavors, good day to you. And I will now drop the mic and say Rayburn out. Thank you very much.
0: This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day.
5: feels like progress. The Chime credit builder visa credit cards is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Out of network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.
0: Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card.